the book of Joshua. Uh, we're in chapter four and we're going to read the scripture. I think it's very important that you have an understanding about what's taking place here. The Israelites are finally getting ready to go in. Finally. We're not talking about after two weeks. We're talking about after 40 years. And many of us are wondering, when are we, when are we going in, Lord? You told me we're going in. When are we going in? It's in my timing, but we know that God prophetically spoke to this church several weeks ago and said, get ready. It's time. You're about ready to go in. No matter what you think is happening, no matter what transition piece you think you're a part of right now, that God is peeling back layers and getting his body ready to enter into the promised land that he promised you. God does have a promised land for you. Amen. He does. And that this church has been in a, a ready stage, a preparation stage for over six years going on seven. And God has got the body ready and built, and you can sense the Spirit of God breaking out and getting pieces ready. God doesn't just take you in. He takes you to task first, then takes you in. The Israelites were in training in the wilderness. The wilderness was an essential part of their training. It, they had left Egypt and they had to go through the wilderness in order to get through the promised land. That's how it was designed. And God was asking them to unlearn some things that Egypt had taught them and begin to learn what it meant to serve Jesus, Yahweh, the Lord. And they had to understand who God was as a provider, as a healer, as a strong tower. It doesn't matter what they learned at Egypt. God said, I need you to unlearn it because there are things that are essential you need to learn about me when you go into this land because this land that you're about to possess is not without enemies. There are people that you are going to have to drive out when you go in. And so if you have signed up for an enemy-free life, you have signed up in the wrong place. The day you said yes to Jesus is the day that the enemy said, okay, I'm going to test it. And ever since that day, the Lord has allowed the enemy to test you. Testing is part of the process. A lot of the Israelites didn't make it into the promised land. If you read what happened in, in the Old Testament, those that have military age, God says, time to die out. I don't like your attitude. But he said, this Joshua generation, I like them. They're about to go in. And if you pick it up in verse 8, it says, So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Verse 9, Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. Remember, they were in the middle of the Jordan. And they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. Just as Moses had directed Joshua, I like this next part, the people hurried over. And as soon as all, all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord and the priests came up to the other side while the people watched. In verse 12, the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle, in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. They were battle ready. And this is what we have to understand about God and his process. God is asking his church to be on the offensive and to be ready. To come out of hiding and being on the defensive and to get in position to go possess the land.
God is waiting on his church to get in position. As a matter of fact, God waited on the Israelites. He waited 40 years for them to get it right. And then finally he said, okay, tell them we're about ready to go in. And it doesn't matter what time frame you think it should be. God has the ability to redeem time and bring it to where it needs to be so that everyone can be in position where they need to be. And my question to you tonight is, is are you battle ready or are you still weary? And if we're honest in here, most of us would say, I am weary from being in the battle. And rightfully so. You should be. Because it means that you've been standing and it means that you've been fighting and warring because you believe that God is up to something. So there should be an element of fatigue. There should be. Because it means you've actually been doing something and sowing and putting forth effort. We have to be in position and be ready for when God says go. What was interesting to me about the story when I read it is that 40,000 soldiers, God said, we're going to have them ready to go. They're going to be going front of the Israelites for protection. So right when they go into the land, guess who was ready? The 40,000 men were armed for battle. Not all of the people were ready for battle. 40,000 were ready. The select few, the special forces that God said, this is your job to protect and be ready. Because when you go in, I want you to be ready because Jericho's coming. If you read further down, Jericho is about to happen. God said, we're not going to take the time. The wilderness was your training. I taught you there. You graduated from there. Now it's time for the real test. Oh, you thought that, was, that wasn't the real test. That was training. This is not a test. This is real. There are people now actively wanting to take your life. I let you live in the wilderness. I sustained you. I did what I had to do during that process. But as you're getting ready to go in, just so you know, things are going to be happening. They're going to come against you. Opposing forces are going to try to attack you because you're my kids. And anytime God gets ready to do something, all hell gets nervous and things get ready to break loose. And notice in your life, anytime God gets ready to move in your life, what happens? All hell breaks loose. Finances look like crap. And things begin to take place. Your emotions are erratic. You're battling at 1 o'clock in the morning whether or not you want to get up and go to work the next day because the pressure is so much and you feel like the enemy's coming at you from every side. Oh, yeah, it's real. It's real. And you're wondering whether or not you're going to make it the next day and if God's going to come through and if you feel like doing it or not because why now? Because you believe for so long nothing has changed. But that's all part of the process. That's all part of the process of the old dying and you learning to build yourself up in your most holy faith and continue to do it anyway because as you do it anyway after surgery, as you do it anyway in the process of being healed from cancer, as you do it anyway in the process of being healed, as you do it anyway in loss, whatever it is that God has asked you to walk through, God is building you in the process to help you sustain where you're going. God never lets a situation go to waste. Everything. Prison, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're in prison, God will redeem it. That's right. There's nothing unredeemable by God. Nothing. You serve a God who can redeem, and you might argue and say, I haven't seen the redemption yet. Your life's not over yet. If you're still breathing, and God said, you got enough will and enough faith in you to believe me, I've got more for you. But there has to be a change in perspective as you get ready to go into the promised land. It's not wilderness faith anymore. It's now a warring type faith. 
where you have to be ready and armed for battle because at any given moment, something's coming. Something's coming, and you've got to be able to stand in it. He tested you there so you can go in and take it here. If you don't want to take the land, there's still opportunity for you to get off the bus. But that window is closing. God loves you enough to leave you off the bus if you're not willing to do the work to go into the land and possess it. But he also loves you enough for those who say, yeah, to take you up on the offer. Just say, okay, let's do it. Which side are you on? Most of you in here have survived some type of loss or grief or trial over the last three to five years. Most of y'all have survived something traumatic. And we don't have the time to go into detail what that looks like. But we do have the time to rehearse, even in our spirits, the goodness of God for what God has done and has brought breakthrough. It doesn't mean that there has not been a breaking. It doesn't mean that nothing has shook. It doesn't mean that it hasn't hurt. But you know that God is working something out on you. And if you took it, you're here today. Praise God for his faithfulness and for his ability and his grace to sustain you to get ready to go in. You might be staggering to go in, but you're going. <laughs> One of the things that always amazed me, and I've talked about this on several occasions, is when you look at the historical books of the World War II, and veterans were telling stories about how their friends were getting shredded in the forest from shrapnel, and they were getting bombed all the way around. But he, they would say that we were called to something bigger than ourselves, and we kept getting back up, and we kept going back in. Something said, go back in. Because they didn't value their life and hold it too closely, because they made an oath to serve their country and serve their countrymen, and to defend it. And I'm concerned in the body that we make a commitment, and all hell breaks loose, and things happen all around us, and we lose loved ones, and we grieve, and we don't keep going back in because we're so emotionally tied up with what's happening. The Bible talks about not getting entangled with civilian affairs. If you're a soldier... A soldier doesn't get entangled with civilian affairs because they're serving something greater than them. And Jesus has called his body as soldiers not to get entangled so that you can't run the race that's been set out before you. And my question is, how heavy and what are you running with that's slowing you down? And God's getting ready to send you into the land. Can you go free? I think God's giving you a time and transition right now to say, hey, let's get some of this stuff taken care of so that when you start running, you don't faint. When, when you start running, you don't look back and say the old way was good. Wasn't that the problem with the Israelites? They looked back and said it was better in Egypt. God said, really? Until the taste of Egypt leaves you, it'll always be a temptation to want to go back because it's just a little bit of hope. And the enemy will take just a little bit of hope because that's your escape route we talked about today in Team Rally about the things we always go back to. And even as Holly talked about and sang about today, the things you always go back to that were comfortable, the sweet stuff. Man, if God gave me an out, if God gave you an out right now, you don't have to answer this, but would you take it? If God gave you an out and say, hey, listen, here are the two doors. In this door is the promised land. In this door, you're going to find blessing. But I'm also going to give you this door. I'll bless you here, but it won't be fullness. Which door would you take? And you have to discern how you feel about the doors. Because for some people, they look about what they've been through, and they say, if I had to go through that, and if that is that, I'll take door number two, if we're honest. But if the Spirit of God is stirring you up, 
and saying, no matter what has happened in your life, I still have good plans for you. No matter what you're going through in your life, I still got fullness for you. If you got breath still left in your, in your lungs, still praise me. If there's still fight left in you, choose this door. Choose the first one. Because that's the door I'm asking you to go through. And that's what the wilderness was about. There was two doors. They chose the second one. Most of them. And the ones that remained, the ones who said we're going to take the mountain, they took God up on the offer, and God did a work in their heart. Don't you think that those people who are in the wilderness, God did a work in them during those 40 years? And they learned how to trust. They learned how to fight. They learned how to take ground. Even though it might have been a little bit difficult to see, don't you think during that time God was doing something, getting them ready, until finally one day God said, now it's time. You know, there was no debate when God told Joshua, hey, now it's time. Joshua didn't debate and say, God, are you sure? He knew, oh, it's time. It's time. Why? Because his faith was set. His emotions were right. His will was in the right spot. He was built. For him to lead that amount of people into the land, you know he was ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for what God's asking you to do and who God's asking you to lead? Or are you still concerned with your feelings? You can't go in and be concerned with your feelings. Because someone in that land is not going to like you. For the sheer fact that you're Jesus' kid. The sheer fact. Your presence is an issue. Because you don't talk the same. You don't walk the same. You don't listen to the same stuff. You have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. And when you go into places, automatically there is a disturbance. Because you disturb the force, all you little Star Wars fans. You disturb it when you go in because of all the issues. You know even on your jobs when you go in. You know something's up even on your jobs when you go in. Oh, you know they're talking. You know there's an issue. Immediately, and I'll give you a little, little short thing. I've been working at the hospital for a couple months right now. I took a job there. God opened the door. I said, I'm going. So God said, so you can do this, do this, all this stuff. Open the doors. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going in the land. I'm going in the land. And you can see how atmosphere changes. You can feel the war that's going on in the world, but you can also feel how the atmosphere changes just by the fact of when you walk in and knowing the Spirit of God's with you, things are changing here. They're changing here. You get tired, but it's a good tired because you're working. You're doing what God's asked you to do, and things are changing because God sent you into the camp and said, all right, let's go do some work. And it's not all about your job all the time. I'm going to say it's about my job, it's about my money. It's about purpose. It's about purpose. And so the enemy knows that, so he's going to do everything he can to try to distract you from the ground you're trying to take. And we talk about breakthrough. Breakthrough is hard to get. Yep. <laughs> it is hard to get. But once you get it, you appreciate it. Yeah. Don't give it up for anybody. Yeah. Anybody. I don't care who it is. You don't step back. You don't take a step back. Now's not the time to take a step back and say, well, I guess if God wants me to have it. No, God wants you to have it. God said, I want to give you breakthrough. God said there's blessing coming. God said this is the land I want you to take, and I want you to be ready for it. Well, there's enemies. Yeah, there's going to be enemies, but I want you to take it. Take the land. What does that mean? I'm going to give you strategy. I'm going to help you. But I need you to learn how to war in the middle of this. This is not a time for a Christian to sit down and knit. What are you doing? There's so much stress in my life. I'm just knitting. Get yourself right. Why? Because the presence of God goes with you. If he goes with you, what can stand against you? I don't care how tired you are. I don't care what you're facing. What can stand against you? Nothing. The Israelites eventually possessed the land. We're not going to have time to go through this whole series. Even in December, there's too much. They eventually possess it. But it wasn't until... It was a number of victories. It was progressive. It wasn't all at once.
And that's how God does it. He progressively gives you victory. And you progressively possess. Even areas of our own life that I've got away for you, God said, I want to bring back. And I want to restore to you. And progressively, little by little, God will give you financial blessing. Little by little. He doesn't do it all at once. There's some things that you need to learn in the process. And little by little, God will restore faith. As you're walking and you learn along the way. Little by little, God will do a work in your family and bring restoration. But it doesn't come without you warring for your family and about you standing in faith and not allowing God to do the work. You can't fix it, but allowing God to do the work to bring them back into relationship. You can't fix it, but you got to learn how to war. If you can't war, you're not going to win. You won't win. If you can't fight, you're not going to win. I want God's best, but you can't fight. You know how it was, and most of us still deal with this, if we're honest. Remember when you were a kid and they were picking teams? And some of y'all got picked real quick because they knew you were good. And then some people didn't get picked real quick. And it, what it does is it creates an inferiority complex. And sometimes the things we go through create that inferiority complex in our life. And it takes God years to heal. And we can't go into the land to possess it because we're so, so tied up with what happened when we were younger that it's hard for us to get ready and to go in because we're still holding on to stuff in the past. And God says, you can't hold on to that stuff and go in. I need you to shed it because I need you to receive what I have for you, but you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And so I need to bust those bags open. If you allow me to do it and you grieve and you allow me to do the work, I'll give you a new life. Promised land, new life, a land flowing with milk and honey, so much so that they were carrying the fruit on the shoulders. Weight-bearing faith. Promised land faith. Promised land faith means that you got to be built to hold it. It's not little blessing. God said he measured you the more. you got to be ready to hold it. Hold it. You want to be blessed. Everyone's like, I want to bless marriage. Can you hold it? Financial blessing. Can you hold it? Not hoard it. Can you hold it? I want to be a pillar of the faith. Can you allow God to drive the pillar and the roots of your life down deep so that you stand when it's hard and that you stand when it's difficult? And after 87 years, 85 years, you're still saying yes to Jesus. Can you do that? I want to be a pillar. All right, God said, I'll take you up on the offer. Lord, I want to last. Are you sure? Because we're going to go to work. Lord, I don't want to be tossed by the waves. That's good. Guess where you're going? In the waves. And you're going to learn how to stand in them. We do all this stuff, and it's promised land faith, and we want the land, but God sent us into the wilderness for us to learn. Before we go into the land, God hasn't forgotten you. You're just learning some stuff so that when you go in, you know who took you. Let's not confuse God with not allowing us to go through suffering and go, and go through testing and not be ready. And God's not about that stuff. God's going to take you to task on some stuff. That's just who he is. We're in a day and age right now where he's looking for people who are not only saying yes, but actually doing the work, doing the work. Time is, is short. It's short. And I don't know about you, but I want all that God has called me to get, all of it. And the only way that happens is, is that if I'm less distracted while I'm driving, I can hear Jesus say, turn right or turn left or stand. And, and keep moving. There's some things I, I can't look back at. You know why rear view mirrors are small? He doesn't want you looking back. Look forward. Stand firm. Watch where you're going. Because there are things that are coming up in your life and will be coming up even in the next several weeks that the enemy's going to try to trip you up on. There are, things, there are traps already laid for you. The Lord said, just get ready. They're already laid. But listen, if you step in and I got you, don't worry about it, but you're going to learn in the process. Some of y'all, the only way you learn is by 
stepping in it. And we're trying to avoid stuff. How can you learn when you avoid? I want to be better, but you never push yourself or you never see weakness manifested. There are times in my life where, and God reminds me subtly about things, is that when stuff comes out, hey, I didn't get it right that time, but it was just, it had to come out. The only way it comes out is to come out. I mean, people are wondering, Lord, how do I get better? Sometimes you got to talk it out. Sometimes you say other things, and it just comes out. Sometimes you just, it's just a natural part of being human. Stuff comes out. You're under pressure. God knows you're under pressure. Just live your life. Your faith is being tried for a reason right now. And it's, it's public faith, by the way. It's not like private faith, right? So a lot of the times we do this, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, but you know you're exposed right now. People see you. The enemy sees you. God sees you. And so you're in training even on your job right now. You're training in your homes. Wouldn't it be great if you can just hide in your home? But you still can't hide in your home because God knows where you're at. There are times, and I'm going to close with this, and here's the deal. There was a, a portion in the Old Testament, and we talked about this, about David when he was being trained and he was running from Saul. And he hid in the cave, hid in the cave, and he hid in the cave. But God sent people to him. Those that were in debt, those that were in distress, and those basically who were discontented, meaning they hated their life. And God said, I want you to train them. Now? Now! Yeah, because I want you to learn how to get out of yourself. And trust me. Because in this process, I'm building you and I'm raising you up because you're going to lead these people eventually. And God does the same thing with us. It's OJT. It's on-the-job training. God will hide you in him, and he does his work absolutely. But you're going to be exposed to the elements. That's just life. Because God's trying to build in you a faith that does not wither or go backward when it gets hard. In this house, we do hard things. And that is something that we did from day one and we still talk about now. Why? Because it pushes us past our limitations into God. Because when we get to the end of ourselves, Jesus picks it up and his strength is made perfect in our weakness and we keep moving. But it doesn't mean that we don't fall down. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes, but we keep moving. That's how faith is perfected. That's how they were perfected in the wilderness. They made mistakes and God got them ready to say, let's go in. And when they went in, they were ready to go. But remember when they went in, read the story. We don't have time to do it now. Some of them still doubted because they went in and they looked and said, these guys are huge. We're like grasshoppers. But Joshua and Caleb said, we can take it. We can take it. That's the type of faith God's looking for and I'm looking for. We can take it. I know. Just throw me at it. Let's do it. That's what the type of faith Maria will do it. She's, Maria's going to go into the land no matter what. <laughs> me and you are gone. Because God said, I'm looking for people no matter what it looks like in the natural. Trust me. Because in the spirit, it's already done. You war in the spirit. Things break in the natural. It's not the other way. They break in the natural so that you actually see the manifestation of what you've been warned about. Because you can't be bothered by the stuff that you were bothered with in the wilderness when you go into the land. You can't be dealing with the same stuff or issues of rejection in the promised land as you did in the wilderness. That should have been dealt with a long time ago. Because you don't think that just because you're blessed that there's not going to be elements of rejection, that people are going to ostracize you. For the sheer fact, number one, we said that you are Jesus' kid. And the other fact that God elevates you into promotion, people are going to want to come after you just for the sheer fact that you're successful. And if you can't handle that, 
We have to be able to handle both. Promotion and persecution. But there's a blessing in being able to go in and knowing that it doesn't matter what comes at me. I know who's with me. I'm built for it. That doesn't bother me anymore. Why? Because that died in the wilderness. Are there things that still need to die before you go? And God's given you some time. And there's an urgency in your spirit. You don't know what it is, but there's, and you're like running around. The Lord's stirring you up. You're like, Lord, what am I believing for? I, don't, I need you to just continue to war because I'm breaking some stuff in your life off. And the enemy's coming. You're about ready to go in, but you're still holding on. Holding on. Let go. How many want to go? Want to go? Okay. Yes. Amen. Right? They're like, yeah, amen. You know how it is. Remember when we were younger, some of y'all remember the song, Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. And we go into the next stanza. <laughs> Sing all these songs. And then we sort of live life. And we're like, I don't even know if I want to go anymore. Because life gets hard. And then sometimes what we do is like, we want to go to heaven so bad. And it should be in every believer's heart. Because eternity is already there. We want to be there. And that's why Paul said, I've got an issue. Because I want to go and be with him. But my heart reaching out to you. Because I want you to change. And so that's the dilemma that you have as a Christian. I want to be with Jesus. Yes, because that's there. But at the same time, I still got to fulfill my purpose. And until that purpose is fulfilled, you're not going to see it. No matter what you do to try to tap out, you're not going yet. So we might as well submit under the lordship of Jesus, do what he's called us to do, so that eventually when we go in, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I called you to do, and you actually possessed the land. You didn't just walk around and look at it. It's one of those things. You know what I'm saying? People do that. Walk around. It's like, you're going to get a car. You've got to get a car. Your car is broken. I need a car. And you're at the dealership for eight hours. You know that's the car you're going to get. You've got to get a car. Eight hours. Just wondering whether or not it's for you. There's some things God is asking you just to take possession of now. Now. And it's not until you get sick of stuff, the stuff begin to change. That's how life works. They got to change. And God will allow you to keep bumping up against that stuff until an attitude changes, until your pattern changes, your behavior changes, until you actually take action. That's what God's looking for. Finally, they're doing something about it. Instead of wishing it. About three months ago, I told you this story. I got up in the morning and I was angry. I got to a point and I said, I've had enough of this lack that God has not called the body to be in, but specifically me. And I said, I'm done doing this. I'm done. Walking around, wishing it was, Lord, change it. Just throwing stuff, Lord, you're going to do it. Amen. Like we do. God's got a, he's got a plan and purpose. And we do the, yes, he does. And we're excited about it. And until eventually God says, why don't you go do something about it? Why don't you take some steps to make it better? And the realization comes in that we realize that God is waiting on us to take steps. And it's not until we're ready. And God knows it's not until we get to that point where we're ready that we finally do it because we learn some stuff in the process. And then guess what? Things begin to change because God says now, 
you're not walking by sight, you're walking by faith, and you're actually doing something about it. Why? Because faith without works is dead. And guess what? Things begin to change because now you're actually taking possession of it. No, I'm going to do something about it. Lord, open the door, open it. You want to shut it, shut it. It doesn't matter, but I'm taking some steps. What if God doesn't come through? He will, in one way or another, come through. But what he's asking me to do is walk by faith and take some steps. Why? It's in the DNA of every Christian to take steps and possess, not go backwards. Don't go backwards and allow the enemy to take you back. Go forward. Take the sword out to tomorrow morning and go forward in Jesus name and do what God's called you to do and allow God to allow the chips to fall where they're going to fall but he's taking you to possess land the sign of maturity is releasing outcomes when you're a kid you want to control it's my lollipop it's mine but when you're an adult you release outcomes if they die they die I don't want them to but if they do, Jesus knows. But I can't live wondering whether or not you're going to leave or stay. It's bondage. It's not freedom. I can't live wondering whether or not I'm going to possess the land or not. I got to go. I got to go. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm gone. And that's the story of the Israelites. When they went in, God began to give them direction on how to start defeating their enemies. They didn't know. Next week, we're going to talk about Jericho, the most unorthodox victory in the Old Testament. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this house. Lord, we know we got to go. You've called us to go in, possess the land. We can't fall short. There's too much that you've placed in us as your kids to win. You died so that we can win. You've raised us to life. You seated us in heavenly places with you. We're already victorious. You died so that we can be victorious. And in Jesus' name, we take the enemy in place of where he needs to be. Everywhere we go, you told Joshua every place he put his foot, every place, that was going to be their territory. And in Jesus' name, I thank you that every place that we put our feet, it's going to be our territory. It's going to send even far beyond what we can imagine or think because you said it would. Every place you said it's ours and you've already made provision. You've already provided. You've already opened the doors. You've already given us the resources. Thank you that as we take steps of faith, you're enlarging our tents. Spirit of God moving us, break out in areas of our life. Show up big. Help us to dream bigger and to look beyond our circumstances to know that this is not our home, but you've called us to occupy until you come. And God, I pray as we're occupying, we're going to take land and you're going to raise people up in the positions of influence and that they will be the head and not the tail. They will be above only and not beneath. They will be blessed going in. They will be blessed going out. Shame will be far from them. Guilt will be far from them. That they will walk in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That there will be release and freedom in Jesus' name. That there will be joy and peace overflowing. That people will walk in. That everything that the enemy has tried to steal, that he will have to pay back a hundredfold. That there will be blessing, not just in this generation, but generationally, because we said yes to you and I thank you that as you take our yes you're going to bless it and that you're going to do immeasurably more above all we can ask or think because we know that he who promised is faithful and he will perform it in Jesus name